Welcome, Wildcats, to another episode of the Weber State Weekly Softball Show. Uh, we're a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Colby Peterson. On the show today, we've got the signpost's own Simon Mortensen. Simon, how you doing, man? Doing pretty good. How about you, man? <laughs> good. He's got the signpost shirt on. Good to see that, man. My editor got me that a couple days ago, so uh, pretty excited. <laughs> Is it because you said nice things about the Rams? Is that why? No, 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 no. That was that was Emily. That was uh, my editor in chief on that. Okay, this is sports stuff. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> Nah, that's great. Well, folks, we got a show for you today. Uh, we're going to be talking. We're going to be talking about the the big weekend down in Phoenix. But before we do that, we're going to be uh, interviewing senior infielder Chloe Camarero. Chloe's got some pop in her bat, a couple of bombs over the weekend, and so we're going to talk to her a little bit about her journey coming from La Mesa, California, down in the San Diego area, up to Ogden to play college softball. And then, uh, of course, like we said, we'll be breaking down the five games that we saw down in Phoenix this weekend at the Grand Canyon tournament. Then finally, we've got Waldo's Magic 8-Ball. We're going to be taking Waldo's Magic 8-Ball, shaking it up a little bit, asking questions, seeing if we can see the future. So stick around for that. But before, before we get into all that, I want to encourage everybody to subscribe to the show, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all great places to find Weber State Weekly. And if you could rate us there, that helps us find our way into the ears of other fellow Wildcat fans. So give us five stars, give us a good rating, and um, we appreciate your help. Uh, we are also on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Twitter, one of the best places to interact with the Weber State Weekly team, especially on game day. We've been doing Twitter spaces to do watch parties for road games for basketball. And I got to say, I think it's been going pretty well. We've been getting a good group. We had a good group on Saturday for the Idaho game. Didn't get the result we wanted up in Moscow, but we had a good group talking through it all. So check us out on Twitter. It's a great time. And then finally, we're on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly, uh, you will get access to a lot of our football national signing day interviews that we've been doing. All of those right now are up behind that paywall at patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. So go there, become a patron, and you'll get access to it to check out some of the uh, the things that uh, some of these new recruits that are be going to be coming in in the fall have to say about the program and what they hope to bring. Uh, before we uh, And before we jump into our interview, want to shout out our sponsor, Studio 98. Go to studio98.com and check out all of their amazing... Um, rings. Uh, if you're looking for a ring that isn't kind of run of the mill, check out Studio 98. They're a local jeweler run by a fellow Wildcat. He's a former football player as well. He loves the purple and white just as much as you and I. Check out their website. Like I said, Studio98.com and behold their beautiful rings. Be sure to check out that flying W, man. That's the one I got right here. It's a beauty. So Studio98.com uh, and when you're when you're typing it in Studio98, type 9, N-I-N-E, the number 8.com. All right, folks. Mischief managed. We did all the stuff. Chloe Camarero, thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us here on Weber State Weekly. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're grateful. Um, Chloe, you know, you've, you've been with the program for a while. Started out in 2017, I think, was your first season. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, now this is going to be your final year. It's your senior year. Um, went through the COVID year, all that good stuff. But um, let's start from the beginning. Um, like I said at the top, you're originally from La Mesa, California in the San Diego area, um, which has been a really good and productive place for the Wildcats to recruit. A lot of good players have come up from San Diego like yourself. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about that. I mean, how did you get on Weber State's radar and talk to us a little bit about your recruiting journey? I know it's been a long time, but uh, what was that ultimate deciding factor for you to become a Wildcat? Yeah, um, I definitely remember and like shout out to uh, Michelle Hawkins. She really helped me get uh, recruited. Um, so the way that I actually got connected with Weber State was through her, uh, Michelle Hawkins. She was um, she used to be a college coach and um, actually she played uh, professionally as well. So she kind of knew a lot of the other college coaches and um was like personally connected with them. So, um, that's also one of the reasons why we hired her and she knew coach Amicone, um, their friends. And, uh, she had asked me what I wanted out of college, like all these different questions. And, um, after that, she reached out to coach Amicone and was like, Hey, like I have this girl that wants this, this, and this, it's like, explains Weber, like to a T, like, I think you should check her out. And so I remember, um, we had a tournament in Colorado and that's when she came to watch me. And then everything after that, everything kind of like fell into place. But um, I think everyone can agree that the recruiting process is very hard. It's very competitive. And I remember my, um, when I was getting recruited, uh, we didn't have as many rules as they do now. So I think now you can't talk to college coaches unless you're a junior or there's like specific rules on that. But 
my uh, freshman year, there were girls like left and right getting like committed when they're in eighth grade freshman year of high school. So I definitely felt like I was behind because I didn't really truly start my recruiting process until maybe like the beginning of my sophomore year. And by that time, I felt like all the big schools or like even mid-major schools were already done looking at my class. Like I would go to camps. Um, I remember I went to Fullerton, Cal Poly, like schools just within my area. And they're like, yeah, you got talent, but sorry, we're already done with your class. So that was that was pretty hard. But I mean, everything happens for a reason. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I got connected with Weber. And I feel like the main reason why I chose it was because it, well, obviously they offered me a scholarship, but I felt like it was a lot more than that. They were a really successful team and that's what I wanted. Um, I really wanted to get out of California just because I wanted to get out of my comfort zone. Um, I wanted to be away from home so that I could just grow and like get in a new atmosphere, um, which is like mainly why I love California. It's very beautiful where I live, but I just kind of wanted a whole new experience. Um, and yeah, but when I went to Weber, coach Emma was awesome. She just made me feel like home. And I just like had a really great feeling when I walked onto campus and on the field and the coaches like all around just gave me like a huge welcome. And I don't know, just like, it's kind of one of those undescribable things where it's like, yeah, I can see living here for you because it's a big decision. So in a way, I feel like I'm kind of glad that I didn't get recruited at such a young age because I could kind of like better gauge uh, like what I actually wanted. And yeah, I'm really glad that that all happened. But I feel like, yeah, it's kind of the reason why I chose Weber. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, looking to get out of your comfort zone. I mean, that's exactly what you got coming to Ogden, a very different place from San Diego, but it sounds like the fit is good. And I think that a lot of times teams, you know, the smart teams, they look for that, that fit, right? They know that they can coach players up. They, they can look at talent, of course, but um, makes sense, you know, that, you know, you would get connected with coach Amy Cohn um, and kind of go through that process. And she found some characteristics that she'd liked, you know, in your game and in your, in your um, approach. And so, you know, I think, I think everybody can agree that your time in Ogden has been uh, well worthwhile. I don't know if anyone we saw right there, we got um, a fellow talking about uh, it's September 1st of the junior year is the first time the contact can be made. So there you go. Okay. I got a little, little insight into how it works now. Okay. Little compliance guy. Yeah. <laughs> Simon, questions for Chloe Camarero. Yeah, definitely. Um, so one thing that I kind of wanted to bring up is, um, you know, you're coming into a tournament uh, that, is in UNLV, definitely a tricky one. You know, um, I interviewed uh, Mikkel McKishin. Uh, is that is that how you pronounce it? I tried. I tried. In Houston. Talking. Yeah, you're all good. I think I just called her Mikkel. Um, and <laughs> just talking about how hard opening week is and how hard preseasons are um, against teams like Fullerton and teams that you kind of played. Um, is there some is there some redemption kind of going into those bigger schools and? and really, really showing up and, and doing really well against them um, just in those preseason. Is that something that you kind of feed off of? Yeah, definitely. I feel like, well, especially this year with kind of the rough ending that we had, I definitely think that like, if anything more than ever, I didn't know that that was possible, but we are definitely on a mission every year we are, but you can kind of just feel it in the air this year. And with preseason tournaments, like, yes, it is about like getting the rust off, but I mean, like we're here to compete and, you know, we just love playing softball. And I feel like our team is just really good at beating off each other's, each other's energy. And I feel like right now it's just, it's looking pretty good. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, like you, like you, you noted Chloe, I mean, didn't things didn't end up quite the way you had hoped after the uh, the regular season that you had had in uh, 2021, um, losing two straight at the beginning of the conference tournament and um, and having to watch somebody else hoist the trophy at, at Wildcats softball field. So, um, but I want to I want to hop back just for a second. You know, once you arrived at Weber, a um, little bit of a rough start in your first season in 2018, but then 2019, something completely changed. I mean, you you absolutely just like your hit tool just skyrocketed. And I think you hit three, I think it was like 308 that season. And so just something just like a switch flipped for you. 
And you've been at pretty much at that level ever since. And your slugging percentage is, you know, through the roof. We saw we saw your power this weekend. Two bombs, one of them, the three-run bomb to just absolutely blow it open against Power 5 Kansas uh, in, I think that was in the sixth inning. And so it's just like, you've been at that level since that 2019 season just has kind of carried through. And so I wanted to ask you kind of what was it about that that offseason between 2018 and 2019 that kind of helped you get right at the plate and has helped you stay consistent at that level. Because like I said, you've been an all team first conference, uh, an all conference first team player uh, pretty much ever since. Um, yeah. First off, thank you for saying that. That's so nice. Um, but I definitely remember that summer after my freshman year because um, I'm very competitive and I'm very hard on myself. And I feel like I definitely want to shout out my parents and my dad, especially because they knew how badly I wanted to be out there on the field and everything that they did for me that summer was just, it was just amazing just to help me get in the right mindset and physical shape for the next year. Um, one of the things that I definitely had to learn after my freshman year was that um, I didn't play as much as I wanted to. And so uh, I feel like a lot of the times it's very easy to just, blame the coach or coaches for not playing you and stuff like that. But one of the things that I had to learn was that kind of like I'm in control of my own destiny and it's not anyone else's fault other than my own. And I definitely, cause you know, when you're trying to um, start for the team, you're definitely, you're obviously competing with other people for your position. Um, one of the things I remember about my freshman year was saying, oh, I got to be better than this third baseman. I have to beat her out. But I think one of the very key things that I learned was that I can't focus on that other play. I have to focus on myself and I have to be better than myself and like the day previous. So I feel like learning that lesson definitely helped me just kind of focus on my own path and I feel like when you get in that stage of saying, Oh, I gotta be better than this person. It's very easy to compare yourself to other people, which also I felt like I did when I was getting recruited to, you know, it's like, Oh, I gotta be like this girl, gotta be more like her, more like her. But I feel like once you kind of realize that, no, I just have to be more like myself and what I do well and what I bring to the team, because there's no other Chloe on the team, just like there's no other, person on the team than themselves and I feel like after my freshman year like I kind of started to realize that I was my own problem and that I was my own enemy so I feel like my parents really helped me like figure that out and I just kind of grinded that whole summer it was it was very tough and I was very anxious to get out there um especially after the previous season but yeah I feel like honestly like those two like key mindset switches is what like just truly helped me like just um kind of just be there more for my team I guess also and not so much a um kind of a selfish mindset where it's like I want to play like me 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 but it's like okay like what can I do for the team and how can I how can I be better for them so yeah yeah, well, it, I mean, obviously it, it ended up paying off because like you said, those, those numbers, they came and, um, things have been at, at that level. And I think 2019 was a special year for that to happen too, because I mean, Wildcats ended up winning the the conference championship and heading to the NCAA tournament. And then they get a, a landmark win against Cal state Fullerton in the NCAA tournament, the first NCAA tournament win in conference history and of course in school history as well. And you got to be a part of that and, and a big part of it as well. And so I wanted to talk, I wonder if you would talk to us a little bit about that experience and kind of what the team learned about playing at that highest level in college softball, because you, you faced a tough UCLA team and then uh, ended up falling to a tough Missouri team as well. Mm. It, oh, man, like those, like those moments are just so like undescribable. I mean, like what, honestly, like what more could you ask for? It's really like your dream when you're playing softball as like a young kid, or like, even when you're getting recruited, like that's really like all you want for that to just come true. And just for us to live it, it was just, it was just so insane. And like, 
it, I feel like it was very easy to just kind of get caught up like in the situation, but I feel like we did a pretty good job of just like making sure we took it in and just being grateful for, you know, just the opportunity to represent Weber state. And, um, it kind of, it just showed us that like, it doesn't matter like who we play against, like where we were saying, we're going to bring our best. We're going to make sure that you remember our name. And, you know, it was fun being back in California. Um, so that was way cool, but yeah, ever since then we've played UCLA quite a, quite a few times. And I feel like they, they definitely know who we are and they know that we're going to give them a good fight. And it was just, I don't know, like you just could be more proud of my team for doing that. And it's just like, I don't know, kind of felt like we put, we were staying a little bit more on the map, which is awesome. And I don't know, it's just, it's just such an awesome thing just to play at those types of games that caliber, like with your best friends. It's just, I don't know. It's just such a fun time, such a fun time. And just the <laughs> fact that we were able to get that win, just like, I don't top it off. And I feel like it, I don't know that year. And like, also every year, like we just kind of feel unstoppable. And I felt like it just kind of, it rose our expectations for the future years. And I feel like that's just our goal every year is just to get to that place again. But yeah, just, it's just like an unforgettable thing. Like that's just such a core memory. Then it was just, it was just awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say that it's not dissimilar from what the volleyball team experienced in, in the spring of 2021, you know, getting their opportunity to go to the NCAA tournament for the first time in decades. And then of course, winning a game as well, beating Bowling Green in the first round and heading to, you know, face Wisconsin, who was the number one ranked team. Uh, just, you know, I, I hear what you mean where it's just like, this is just an unforgettable moment. And, you know, putting the Wildcats on the map to say like, Hey, we're here and, and we can play at this level too. Um, feels like there's a there's just a, a lot of good energy with the program and that and that that's this constant progression because you've been a part of a program that has been pr relatively dominant in the conference right like I mean I look around the conference and it's like there have been some teams that have been good but I mean this good for this long it's the Wildcats like you know how many times in your in your career has the conference tournament been in Ogden you know yeah, yeah. three years four years. You know? Yeah, I think, yeah, third, this is, I think this year will be our third year, I believe. My freshman year, um, actually, no, my sophomore year was at Sac State. Junior year, we didn't have it because of COVID. Fresh, no, sorry, senior year. Yeah, it was, at, so this will be my third time. It'll be the yeah. third time it's at here in Ogden, which is awesome. Big Sky runs through Ogden. Simon, uh, one more question for Chloe Camarero. Um, so I'm just, I was just glad that you brought up in conference, like, um, postseason play, everything like that, playing the tournament and how special it is. Um, when I interviewed some of your teammates, that was the number one thing that they wanted was they were like, please, we just want to get back to the postseason. We want to do it again because it's so awesome. Um, and that's one of those things where, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but, uh, this is your, this is kind of your last semester on, on the team due to that, do that COVID year. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It keeps coming out when you get to the meat of your question. You're totally good. Yeah. So I was just wondering, like, this is this is kind of the, your last year on the team, right? Like, kind of your last hurrah. What are some things that you're looking to do, especially to get to that postseason play that maybe we haven't seen in previous seasons, or maybe you want to try out that um, just hasn't been done yet? Um. Well, like you said, I feel like I had like obviously everyone on the team wants to get to that, that regional. I feel like, I don't know. It's just like, I feel like we're definitely like, just cause I feel like in previous years and I think a lot of my teammates have felt the same way where it like, we'll get to the end of um, our conference uh, play and you could just kind of feel like not that like it goes down but like I don't know especially like <laughs> like and I don't want to like jinx anything but especially since the tournament is held here I feel like we kind of like got the yips when it like the conference tournament is held in Ogden it, <laughs> yeah it happened my freshman year it mm -hmm. unfortunately happened last year and so I feel like as far as like doing something new I feel like 
we are definitely looking for ways to just be more focused um, in that tournament just so we can get to that regional. So I feel like if anything, our like main focus and the bread and butter is in that tournament because we've proven that we can stay consistent throughout conference, which is awesome. But I think if anything, our main focus is that tournament. Um, so we can put ourselves in that position to get back to that regional and yeah. And I know like we play all those teams like during conference, but yeah, I feel like just that main focus is the tournament and just being ready for it and just kind of having the right mindset going into it because I know it left a very bitter taste last year, but yeah, like we said before, it's kind of a very eventful year. So yeah, I'm excited, but yeah, if anything new, I feel like we, um, in past years, I know we put a lot of emphasis on conference and making sure that we have the big sky tournament held in Ogden, but I feel like if anything has changed, it's definitely been focusing on that tournament. Definitely. Well, Chloe, I mean, I think the hard work has paid off so far this season. I mean, the Wildcats went three of two down in Phoenix last weekend with wins over Bradley Fordham. Uh, That's a good team there, like Coach Emmy Cohn told us last week. And then also a big win over Kansas on Sunday, Uh, you know, a close one against Grand Canyon as well. And so uh, the team is producing early. And so we hope to see more of that. And especially once conference play gets started and folks will have the opportunity to see the Wildcats play at Wildcat softball field. I know they'll be excited. This is going to be a special team, I think. Yeah, me too. I'm definitely excited. And GCU, it's always a great tournament. I always look forward to it because it's always our first one. But definitely just getting back out there because I feel like I hadn't played in so long. Um, But just being back there on the field, it was just an amazing feeling. And we have such a great team with us this year, just like every year. But yeah, it, it definitely feels different this year, which is awesome. But yeah. Yeah, man, the starting rotation. I just, man, I look at it and I'm just like, holy cow. Who's, who's going to beat them? Like this, this starting rotation is just nuts. But Chloe Camaro, thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us here on Weaver State Weekly. Wish you the best of luck this weekend down in Vegas as the Wildcats take the trip down there to face UNLV, UVU, and Kansas City. Um, like we said, travel safely and best of luck out there on the diamond. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we'll see you. Okay. I want to thank Chloe Camarero for taking some time to chat with us here on Weber State Weekly. Um, really appreciate her. We know she's uh, busy, like we said, getting getting ready and making preparations for a trip down to Vegas this weekend to take on UNLV a couple of times, Kansas City a couple of times, and a game against in-state rival uh, Utah Valley. Utah Valley is always a tough game, Simon. I mean, those they got a good program down there as well. And so um, we'll see how this tournament goes. But three and two in Phoenix, not, not a bad start. No, no, especially um, from what I was hearing, like, especially from Mikel, um, Casey, they were all saying opening week is hard. Um, yeah. it, it really is. Um, I, I mean, last year, I think uh, they played Oregon, right? Opening week. And it was like yep. open game. And they, um, yeah. they unfortunately lost to them. And it was, it was one of those things where I love the Wildcats because they, they get right up on the get Like they, they start in such a hard spot. And then, they just grit out through that conference. And I think that's one of the things is um, they just, uh, it's like what we said with um, the men's basketball team, everything like that. They have to re-engineer themselves sometimes after playing those tougher games and they, they did well this time. And I think they really, that really paid off. Yeah, man. Cause like you said, I mean, two games against Oregon who uh, they were ranked going into that, um, that weekend against Grand Canyon or down in Grand Canyon, um, two games against Grand Canyon as well, lost one, but got the other on Sunday, uh, that last year. And so, like you said, they just get right into it. It's a good tournament. You know, Chloe mentioned right there at the top that, uh, or there at the very end, that it's, it's a tournament that they look forward to. It's a nice facility to play in a good team show up. And so I think it's a, it's definitely a good spot for the Wildcats. So let's talk a little bit about it, man. I mean, the Wildcats opened up the weekend. Um, I was I was trying to figure out how to do this exactly because it's like we have five games to cover. You know, we need to get this done in about 10 minutes uh, or so. Uh, what's the best way to do this, right? And I was like, I think what we'll do is uh, we'll pull up the stats because uh, that was one of the challenges of, of this particular tournament is that only one of these games was televised. Uh, only the Grand Canyon game was on ESPN+. Plus. So it was the only opportunity we had to watch the Wildcats last weekend. And so, um, you know, for a lot of us, it's just a matter of watching live stats as they roll in 
or going back through and checking the box score. And so I thought I'd pull up the box score and just kind of talk a little bit about this Bradley game because um, Bradley, a team I uh, don't know a lot about, uh, not a team that uh, we, I, I, we've seen, I think, in recent memory, um, you know, going going back to the history of this, you know, Wildcats have actually beat beat them four times, lost just once. Um, had a longest win streak was you know four games um, from 2015 until now, and so it seems like you know the Wildcats have seen them a lot, um, but just um, not not a ton. And and it's usually a couple of times there in Phoenix. Uh, well, once in Phoenix, once in Tempe, you know, and then uh, three times in, La Cru- in Las Cruces, and so not not an unfamiliar face, but definitely a team that. Um, Coming in, the Wildcats have seen it a couple of times, and, and the Wildcats take care of business in this one. They ended up winning at five to three, uh, thanks to some some pretty good pitching from Mariah Ramirez. Um, I don't know, man. Looking through the box score, I mean, what what stands out to you? I mean, looking at this, it's like, all right, how do I how do I view this, and who do you who do you feel you know really kind of showed because this this is the first game of the season, right? Like, I don't know what what stands out to you, man. Definitely, I think. Um... There's one that stands out um, pretty high. And even though she was the one that gave up, you know, that big home run to start it off, Ramirez was pretty lights out after that, like does not let anything go through. And I think, you know, they kind of talked about, um, Chloe kind of talked about today that you kind of come on that field, you're a little bit rusty. It's a little bit, you have to get it settled down. And I think that was her call back. And she, uh, she took it right after and just put out some of the best pitching that, um, that we've seen and uh, just delivers it really well. I love that Daisy Taloa was kind of the one that that won this game for him with that big double at the end to bring in uh, Faith O and Harmon. Um, she's a transfer, and that's one of the things like you want to you want to get to a new team. You want to you want to show up. That's that's the way to do it. That is, um, and so it was amazing. I loved seeing that. Yeah, I mean, because that's that's the go ahead right there, right? Because at that point, the t- the game is tied at three. I mean, and, and like you noted, you know, in the second, Ramirez gives up the three run bomb. Um, so then Bradley goes up three to nothing. It's like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? But then you know, the Wildcats get it back um, in in the fourth to say like, oh no, we can we can score three two. Um, and you know, that's just some some good bad work. But then, like you said, the knockout blow comes for the Wildcats in the sixth. Bottom of the sixth, um, like you said, Daisy Taloa doubles to left field and then, you know, Allie Harmon and Faith Ho score. And, and that's really it. And, you know, they're, they're not able, Bradley's not able to make anything happen in, in the, the top of the seventh and the Wildcats get the dub. So I agree. I mean, absolutely fantastic um, performance there by her to kind of like say, okay, I want to make an impact on the team early. And it's good to, I think in a game like this, it's good to get confidence early. I think it's because there, there's some tough teams coming up, right? Like, you know, Chloe mentioned, you know, UCLA Wildcats will be seeing UCLA here in a few weeks. You know, they, they have signed on to play in the Cal state Fullerton tournament. And like we said, Cal state Fullerton is a tournament team. It's the team that the Wildcats beat in the first round in the, in that regional in the NCAA tournament back in 2019, they all faced Texas A&M that weekend, UCLA. Uh, UPenn and Cal State Fullerton and then Seattle, you know, so a lot of really good teams in that tournament. I think it's a good one for the Wildcats to be in. And so for Daisy Toloa to kind of hit that and kind of get things going early, I think, I think it speaks a lot to her confidence at the plate and hopefully good things, good things to come. No, definitely. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, in this Fordham game, too, uh, this is kind of what we were leading off to on that. I uh, I love that Arissa Henderson kind of shows up on that one. It is up getting two hits. One come in, and yeah, um, there's nothing like having your newcomers just like come in right off the bat and get it going. So I love seeing that, you know, just taking that, taking up at the pitcher's mound and rolling with it and delivering us another win. So I like seeing that. Yeah. Um, if I were to call out maybe one other thing, it would be, well, you've already talked about it a little bit. Like you said, Mariah Ramirez, you know, mistake there, um, ends up walking two and then gives up the three run bomb, but she had 12 K's in this game. Right. And yeah. so you look at it and go, Oh, three runs. It's like, no, nah, I mean that, that's not an indicator of what was going on there. 12 K's, 12 strikeouts, um, in seven, she pitched the whole game, seven innings pitched. Right. And so it's just like, man, I mean, that's, that's pretty good times, man. If, you know, we're talking about 21 outs, you need to get 12 of those are strikeouts. Yeah. And that's one of the things that um, coach Amicron kind of brought up. She was like talking about how hard they fought off the second inning and how she was really impressed with 
uh, Ramirez's pitching and how she made adjustments well. Uh, it was just awesome to see that. Yeah. So the Wildcats get the five to three win over Bradley to kind of start off the weekend. Um, it's pretty, pretty good, pretty good start, right? Then, then they, then they see Fordham and we heard about Fordham last week from coach Amicone, you know, noting that Fordham is a team that, you know, usually wins their league heads on to the regional out back East. And so uh, I was interested in this one because, you know, everybody had their eye on that Kansas game, but you know, after coach Amicone talked a little bit about this Fordham matchup, I was like, okay, let's see. Wildcats come out, score early, you know, Chloe Camarero hits that, you know, that first inning homer and, you know, kind of shows her power. And I think we're going to see a lot of that. I mean, can you agree, man? She's already got two bombs in this young season. And I mean, and keep in mind folks that like bombs are not a thing that you see a ton of in softball, right? Like it's a, it's more of a small ball game. It's a game where, you know, you're moving folks around. And so for her to kind of flex that power, I mean, I mean, she's, she's slugging just like absolutely ridiculous numbers, you know, like plus 500 numbers slugging. And so that's a lot of extra bases. And so it's just like, did she just leads things off with that bomb to go? It's like, okay, we're setting the tone early going up one. And then, you know, in the second, you know, faith Lauren Ho, you know, she answers herself and says, okay, I can do that. She puts it over the fence. Wildcats up to nothing. But then, um, but then, yeah, man, they say, okay, well, Fordham's going to get back into it. They play their small ball. They, they end up getting a run and now they're down two one, but then, um, but then Chloe shows up again, man. Top yeah. of the fifth. Top of the fifth. Top of the she, fifth. Gets, she gets a two run bomb. <laughs> Another one, right? Like so she's got three bombs this season. I mean, my goodness, man, like just absolutely cr- clutch. And then, uh, you know, to, to kind of put the icing on the cake, Arissa Henderson with a double in, in the seventh to kind of, uh, and, uh, you know, shout out to Casey Whiting, man, because uh, she was on base for two of those. You know, she's she's the one getting on base, you know, ahead of folks and saying, OK, yeah, like, let's let's bring folks around. Uh, it feels like Mia Rushton had a little bit of a, a tough start, not able to get a hit in either of these two games. Uh, do we need to be worried or will she figure it out? I think Rushton's one of those players, especially where um, we're coming into about junior year, right? She played sophomore year last year. Um, no, she played freshman year last year. She did. This is her sophomore year this year. Um, I think it's one of those things, especially where you come off a season that hot. Sometimes there's a little bit of a um, of a growing time right there. Um, I think once we see her in this uh, UNLV tournament, that's when she's going to really start to go off. Um, and UNLV tournament, this one's a tough one that I'm really excited for the Wildcats to to play. I'll get into that, you know, later when we probably discuss the the rest of the schedule. But I um, I'm really excited to see how she does in that one because I think it's like we got past that first opener of games, and now we're into like you know we're we're getting the ball rolling a little bit more, and I think she's going to hop on board with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, th- this is the other thing that's interesting about this Fordham game is it is the first time that we see Arissa Henderson on the mound. Yep. Uh, we talked a little bit with Coach Amy Cohn about the fact that, you know, she was a former West Coast Conference, you know, pitcher of the year, um, you know, had made a really big impact for BYU on the mound. And so this is our first time to get a look at her in a Wildcat uniform and, and she delivers one earned run. That's it. That's all. Yeah. Just, I mean, and I think that with the the offensive production of this team, if you can keep if you can keep the opponent to one run, like Wildcats are going to win a lot of games because we've seen you know the ability to get the folks around. And uh, my goodness, like this is this is I think a recipe. I, you know, we talked a little bit about it with with Chloe about you know the starting lineup. I mean, I think it's going to be something. So it, it's nice to kind of have that one two punch right right out the gate to say we're gonna we're gonna throw Mariah Ramirez, who was you know the reigning. Big Sky Conference Pitcher of the Year, and then we're going to add a former West Coast Conference Pitcher of the Year. Plus, we still have Mandy Sink. You know, like it's it's just ridiculous. <laughs> like this rotation is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like it's like two thousand. It's like two thousand eleven Phillies ridiculous. It's it's that. It's that. It you is, know what I mean? Where it's like holiday they, and everything. Like that. <laughs> yeah, like any of these folks could be like aces anywhere else, but they're all together, and so. Yeah. You know, there's this rotation that goes on, but it's like you put them on other teams, they're the one. Absolutely, right? Any yep. any any given person. So just I think I think that bodes well for the season. Wildcats end up getting the dub against Fordham five to one. Yeah. Uh, and a really good outing by um by Arissa Anderson. By the numbers, um, she ends up going seven full innings pitched, um, five hits, one earned run, uh, only three walks, ten strikeouts. I mean, a good start to to the season. So Definitely. Um, but then uh, 
then we got to move on to a second Fordham game. Uh, this one doesn't quite go the Wildcats way. Uh, Fordham, Fordham able to exert their their dominance, their will a little bit. Um, Mariah Ramirez pitching this one um, yep. ends up giving up giving up five. Um, well, let, let me let me check the stats here. Well, Marissa Henderson actually. Um, yep. Was um, Ramirez opened up and the one came against her, and then I think the other three came up against Henderson who had like been pitching phenomenally other than that. Like it was just, you know, one of those things where it gets by you um, and it got by her on that one, unfortunately. Yeah. That, so uh, four earned runs tagged to Mariah Ramirez in this one. Um, and I think the thing that the thing that ends up getting her is walks. She had four walks and, uh, you know, just in inopportune time. And so you, if you look at the score here um, it's not like she gave up these just like absolutely huge, you know, runs. It's just, you know, in the fourth, you get a double to the center field, and then you know you get some unearned scores because of some some, some errors, and so it's just like that's a bummer. Uh, it's not what you want, obviously. Um, and but the game gets split between um, Mo Ramirez and Arissa Henderson. Uh, Wildcats end up losing this one five to one. Anything else stand out to you, man, from this one? Um, no, I love that um, Chloe was actually the one that you know kind of got us back into competing a little bit at the end of that one, um, even though it didn't really go anywhere after that just getting into the sixth inning um i think it's one of those things where it was just i don't really blame the pitchers on this one i think they actually pitched a great game um i think we just needed a little bit more production on offense just wasn't getting the ball rolling on that one unfortunately yeah i mean uh their first loss of the season um not a lot of hits in this one only one two three four only four hits total in the game so and six left on base, uh, a bummer, but you know, Fordham's a good team. Like we said, Fordham's a good team and you, you weren't going to keep them down forever. No, yeah, exactly. So then we move on to the afternoon game. Um, talking about grand Canyon. This was the game that was on TV. Uh, and yeah. this one started off hot, right? Like the wildcats came out swinging, uh, end up yeah. getting three right out the gate, bam, bam, bam. And there was more, I mean, they, they were threatening. They had runners on the corners with one out. And uh, GCU makes a pitching change. <laughs> yeah, that's first inning. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was that was um, that was a game. Where, like I just see this. Like I, I was watching it um, the other night, kind of just trying to catch up on it because I knew that they won. I just wanted to kind of see it, and um, just some dominant hitting right there. Like they had, I think they still had one person left on base at the end of that inning. Um, but other than that, everyone else was getting through, um, make a pitching change, everything like that. I'm changing the cha- like I'm almost changing the channel on that one. Like, okay, what what else was on TV? And then it was like, no, it uh they didn't win that game. Sorry. I uh I like saw that they lost it, but like I was like kind of seeing it, just like thinking that, oh, maybe there's a little thing on there. I don't know. It was that first inning that was crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was. And I, I think that um the thing about this one is that um, yeah, it looked like it was about to get out of hand because the Wildcats were, you know, an extra base hit away from going up five to one, right? Like if somebody gets double, the Wildcats go up five to nothing, which yeah. is, which would have been enough to win it, you know? Um, but it, they ended up, you know, GCU is a good team. They ended up making the switch. And so they say, all right, yeah, they, they kind of shut things down and they get back in it. And I think the bummer, I think the, the bigger bummer on this one is uh, getting walked off there at the end where yeah. it's like, it's a tie game going into the bottom of the seventh and, you know, GCU gets one through on a single and it's that's all straight yep. there. Yep. Yeah. And then an arrow uh, by, by the second base. And uh, then the, the run comes in and that's the end of the game, right? Like uh, a bitter pill to swallow, a rough Saturday for the Wildcats. Uh, now, obviously not what you want. Didn't want to lose to Ford or more GCU. Maybe, you know, maybe you going into those games, you'd hope to split two after the day that you had had previously, uh, but end up going, you know, over two. And so then you're, then you're two for two on the season and we head into Sunday. So, and uh, let's talk a little bit about Sunday. <laughs> Sunday was a lot better than the Saturday games. Huh? <laughs> it was. Uh, so Wildcats end up facing Kansas, who up to that point was undefeated in uh, in uh, on the weekend. They had not lost a game, and so I didn't know what to expect from this one. I mean, it felt like okay, everyone's excited to see what's going to happen against Kansas, a Power Five opponent. Um, 
you know, let's uh, what's going to happen. And, you know, the Wildcats come out ready to go, end up scoring. Uh, they end up getting an unearned run in the first, thanks to uh, Kansas error. Uh, but then Kansas gets it back, ties it one to one after the first. Then it's uh, a, little, a little bit slow, a little bit back and forth. Kansas getting one in the, in the bottom of the third, but the Wildcats answering in the top of the fourth tie game. But then the sixth inning comes. Talk to me about that sixth inning, Simon, because uh, that's that's where that's where the rubber meets the road in this one. Oh, geez. Yeah, that's six inning right there. Um, I love how the um, the output that we have from our seniors in this game, especially mm-hmm. um, just with, you know, we had first off, we had um, Mikel get on and she was the first one to score, uh, the first one to get on kind of in that first inning right there. Um, but then we just kind of got this bottom of the six and top of the seventh um, where it kind of got sync going crazy up there. Um and just kind of this, this dominant performance. We got Amicon kind of saying that um, she was pleased with the progress of the team. Um, incredible team win today with everything going on with the tough loss against GCU. We love the way we responded. So it was just that sixth inning. I think, you know, they, they saw that on Saturday, like we're not letting this happen again and went, went and pounded it through. So it was nice to see that. Yeah. I mean, Mia Rushton got going in this one. She was three of four in this yep. game. You know, exactly. she had a walk, she had an RBI and then she had a run herself. And so she's, um, just good to see her get going and find that confidence because she was such a good leadoff hitter going into, you know, at the end of the season. Yeah. And that's why I'm so excited to see her play this next tournament right here, because I think she thrives against tougher teams. Yeah. And so good to see her kind of get things going against, against, like you said, an upper team and, you know, the Wildcats are going to see something. They're going to see a UNLV twice, UVU once. Um, It's just going to be, it's going to be big. And so we'll, uh, we'll see, but the Wildcats end up, you know, absolutely blowing it open. And I think the the thing that I think the, 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 the biggest moment in this one is then that sixth inning, Chloe Camarero, absolute bomb yep. and uh, three runs and that's it. You know, now it's seven to two Kansas gets a couple back in the bottom of the seventh, but it's not enough. Not Wildcats enough. win at seven to four, you know, it's just like a three run bomb after already having four runs, just like, and then that's that's Camarero's third homer on the weekend. Like, man, what a, what a great cap to this weekend. You know what I mean? Right. It's it's one of those things like Cam uh, Camarero. She's a consistent performer. Been batting three hundred on those two. Um, like yeah, the junior season. I'm not really counting too much of the 2020 season. Which is yeah, because she was hitting 260 there. But it's like yeah, but she only played like 20 games, and they were right. all going to be against good non-conference opponents. So it's like I I think that she hits above 300 if the season goes full. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think she's yeah. just one of those players that will always do that. And so yeah, because then the next season, what happens? She hits yeah. what three three eighteen. It was a 301. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It was maybe it's 318 in the 2019 season. Right. But it's just like, yeah. man, like she, she's at that level. Right. So it's like, I fully believe that if the, if the season goes full in 2020 w- without COVID, I mean, she's above 300. No doubt exactly. in my mind. Yep. Well, all right, man. Uh, that's, that's the games uh, from last weekend. So Wildcats end up going three and two down in um, Phoenix, some, some good wins, quality, quality wins against Kansas, Fordham and Bradley. And so, um, yeah, man, good weekend. Good, good, good gamer. Uh, you know, obviously a couple of losses that you didn't want to see, especially that GCU loss. That one, yeah. one hurts. That one would have been, nice. been nice to go four and one, but I mean, three and two is good too, especially that Kansas yeah, yeah. one. If, if we had to lose that GCU game to win the Kansas game, I'm taking that any time. So. Yeah. I'll, I'll pay that price. Right. It's like, okay, that's fine with me. Yeah. But, but let's uh, let's go to a Walter's Magic Eight Ball, man. I just wanted to give us a, a chance to shake it a little bit. We're a little bit over time on here, but uh, thought we'd give it a chance to kind of talk a little bit about Waldo's Magic Eight Ball. I brought it all the way, or I uh, I got it from um, in the mail, and so I thought I might as well might as well use it before I got to send it back. So uh, let's start out with um, uh, let's start out with. Um, this weekend in Vegas, like you said, there's going to be a tough tournament, two games against UVU, two games against Kansas city, one against UV, uh, UNLV, sorry, two games against UNLV, one against UVU. I don't know, man, you got it. You got a question for the magic eight ball that pertains to this weekend. Oh, uh, I, um, you know, I, uh, the UVU game is tricky because we're like right on the brink of being 500 of them. I think we're one loss away from, it's like 16 to 17. I think we're like one win away from getting up even with them. Um, so my big question is, does Weber state get 
six scores. Like I'd, I'd want to see six scores in this one. That's what I want to see. I think if we get six scores, we're ahead. I mean, yeah, if you're scoring six runs, I mean, yeah, that's, that's good times. And you're right. Right. All time, the Wildcats have 16 wins, 17 losses. So if the Wildcats can, and, and they'll see UVU a few more times later this season. But yep. uh, yeah, it'd be nice to kind of draw even uh, currently on a, on a one game losing streak. Last time the Wildcats faced each other, UVU shut the Wildcats out five to nothing. And that was back on March 17th last season. So we'd love to get some redemption on that one. Um, so let's shake it. Walls match gate ball. Wildcats going to get a dub against UVU? Knock things up? Let's find out. The answer is after shaking a little bit. Oh man, it is certain. There we go. There we go. go. I, was, I mean, I like when Wallace Magic Eight Ball is in a good mood, and it seems like right. it's in a good mood right now. Exactly. So. Yeah, we got we got to beat the in-state teams. That's that's the one I care about the most. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that's big. Um, as for me, uh, quick question for Wallace Magic Eight Ball on, on this weekend. Um, so like we said, five games. Um, I'd like to know, I'd like to see a repeat of last weekend where, you know, maybe the Wildcats go three of two again. You know, I think that's a, that's a, that's a good pace to be on. So asking Waldo's magic eight ball, will, uh, will the Wildcats go three of two or better this weekend in Las Vegas? Let's shake it up and ask. There we go. The answer coming through is, uh, cannot predict now Waldo's magic eight ball being coy. So, uh, a little bit of an uncertain answer there. So I don't know what that means, but I guess we'll see what happens. So uh, let's, let's now let's, let's go to the next question, man. I want to talk a little bit about the team's offense. We've talked a lot about it, um, about how this team, they got some pop in the bats. They're able to bring some folks around. Simon, you got a question for Waldo's magic eight ball around the team's offense this season. Definitely. I think it was last game. We were, it was uh last time that we were talking about uh, Ramirez being kind of that show. Otani. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the conference. And I, uh, I want to know, cause she's been a little bit, a little bit more quiet on offense lately, been great on the pitching mound, but a little bit more quiet on offense. This is when we start to see the bat, you know, when she starts popping some out there. And I just want to see if that, that might be the time against that UVU UNLV. And I think this is our first time ever playing Kansas state, right? Kansas, it's Kansas city. Is it Kansas city or Kansas? Okay. Yeah, there we go. Yep. <laughs> But Wildcats have played Kansas State before, have beat Kansas State before. Oh, there we go. So, not unheard of. Not unheard of. There we go. Yeah, that's my that's my question. I want to see if Mo Ramirez gets it gets it going off and gets some uh, get some good hits against uh, some good teams this week. So, all right, shaking up Waldo's magic eight bow. She's gonna get it going against Kansas City this weekend. Mm, outlook not so good. So. Might have to continue to work through some mechanics before that bat, you know, kind of shows up. Who knows? And maybe it's just not against Kansas City. Maybe she, maybe she just abs- hits absolute bombs against UNLV. I'm I'm not against that either, right? right. Some, there are there are layers to this. There are layers to this. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. I'm going to give you one last chance. Uh, one last question for Waldo's Magic A before we wrap this up. Uh, conference play. You got a question about conference play for Waldo's Magic Eight Ball? Uh, it's a, it's a few weeks away. Um, but you know, this is, this is the meat of the, of the schedule and it's the most important part. Obviously we want the Wildcats to do well. And, uh, there's some good games. Like we talked about last week, there's some good games, uh, some good series on this, on the schedule. So Simon, what's your question? Uh, when it comes to conference play for Waldo's magic eight ball, well, this is what I want to know because these are, the, these are the two teams. They're the reason why we're in a redemption mode right now. I want to know what we're doing against Portland State, and I want to know what we're doing against Sac State. Do we do we get some wins against them? Do we really like put it back at them for for what happened last season? Okay, some I, I like it. I mean, because like I said, I was at that second game, um, and you know when Sac State goes up in the sixth, it's like oh man, like this is just not not what I want. You know what I mean? Like just not what I want. And the own Wildcats end up losing. Yep, which is not fun. So. <laughs> Waldo's Magic Eight Ball. Wildcats going to get some redemption against Portland State, the reigning champs, and also Sac State, who knocked them out of the tournament next year or last year, shaking things up a little bit. The answer is an unequivocal yes. An unequivocal yes. Uh, we talked with Chloe about this. Uh, this team's a, on a bit of a mission to uh, to redeem kind of the way things ended up last year. So that's those, that's an answer I like to hear, man. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, that's Waldo's Magic 8-Ball, folks. Uh, now let's take a look at the upcoming calendar. Um, this weekend, like we said, the Wildcats will be taking the trip down to Las Vegas uh, and 
taking on a number of teams for the the UNLV tournament. Friday, February 18th, uh, start the day out against UVU. That game will be at 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. As far as I know, there's no way to watch it, so you just have to check your live stats. And later that day, taking on UNLV at 4 p.m. Then the next day, Saturday, February 19th, Wildcats facing Kansas City, uh, 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And then later that afternoon, UNLV once again, 4 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Then the final game of the weekend, Sunday, February 20th, taking on Kansas City one last time at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Uh, we'll have to keep our eyes peeled if we if we see anything when it comes to watching the game or anything like that. We'll be sure to post it on our on our page, but also um, in the in the Weber State fans group. If you're not in uh, the Weber State fans group, it's a, it's a good place to be. Lots of good things. Um, I mean, shout out to the hockey team. They're having senior night this weekend, so also worth checking out. Um, yes. Yeah, but I mean, you you find that kind of stuff out if you're in the Weber State fans group. So check that out on Facebook. It's a we got over we have almost like eleven. I think we have eleven hundred now in that group. So it's grown quite a bit from its early days. I think I think when I first got in there, there were only like two or three hundred. So it's grown a bunch since then. All right, man. Uh, we can wrap up the show. Email us Weber State Weekly Gmail dot com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly, where we'll continue to publish those videos, those interviews we've been doing. And then uh, eventually that content will find its way to the blog, Weber State Weekly.com. Simon from uh, the sign post, really appreciate you taking some time, man. Wrap it up like we usually do. Weber State, Weber State. Great, great, great. Go Wildcats. Bye-bye.